Well, every single pastor has prayed a prayer like this. Lord, if it's just for an audience of one. And the Lord went, I hear you on that. Now, I know we're not an audience of one. There's lots of you that's watching online. Um, but there's a little distance between where I am and where you are. So normally I like to do this, but it's going to do absolutely nothing. So if by habit I do this, can you just go in the chat and just say like, yay, I'm here. Amen. I think that would be great. Well, uh, I want to take a moment and also celebrate with you as we have been doing this whole ministry year. Did you know that last weekend, which feels like an eternity ago now, but last weekend, 37 women gave their lives to Jesus at Heart Conference, which means that as a church, as this in Orleans campus, we are at 150 people who have given their lives to Jesus. But at Life Center, whether that's Cornwall, whether that is in Canada, um, whether you're joining us wherever you are right now, we are just under 200 people have given their lives and their hearts to Jesus. So in the chat, you could say, yay, amen, hallelujah, or a hot dog, whatever you want to do. That would be good. Well, this whole year, we have been looking about, looking at that you and I would be carriers of God's heart for us, and that we would carry God's heart, you know, not only for our own lives, but into our family and friends and, and workplaces. We felt this chasing of the whisper to do a whole year on being carriers of the heart of God in church, with all that is going around globally, but in particular now that has touched our region, how prophetic has the Holy Spirit just been loving and leading us so faithfully? For me, I'm a bit overwhelmed how God has been systematically, not just in the last year, but in particular in the last year, preparing us for such a time as this. And so again, in light of where we are today, let's, let's open up our hearts to how God wants to not only love us, but lead us. Because at this time, we need to talk and we need to talk about an unchanging God who is love, who gives us hope. And because he is a God of love and he is a God of hope that you and I, even in the midst of uncertainty, can still have faith. Throughout the message this morning, I am going to have some pastoral moments that are judgment calls for me. Just things that I'm seeing and feeling that I want to just speak into this morning to hope bring peace and calm. But, but even for some, just look, I recognize that all of us handle uncertainty differently. But I do want to just lean into some moments together as a church just to pray through, God, what could our collective response be? And so as we've been looking at this month, I want us to continue today looking at the love of God because I believe it's the very thing that we need to root in in this moment, but also it is the thing that we need to be carriers of and give to the world in which we live. So as we've been saying, I want to say again, when we talk about the value of loving, we are saying this, that Jesus is love never fails, that the presence of Jesus is not hindered by properties, that he's fully in your space and in your life, that our love for others, therefore, isn't negotiable. And without love, we're just making noise. And so we need to be rooted in the love of God, carrying the love of God, because there's just so much noise at the moment. Now, none of us do this perfectly. We all fall short and we are trusting when we do fall short in this never failing love of Jesus to make up the gap. And so I want to take us a moment. If you have your Bibles, you can turn or you can tap to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because this is what it says in, in, low, in, in light of COVID-19, in light of just 
the natural things of everyday life, but including a pandemic. I think these words take on even, I wouldn't say greater significance, but maybe clearer focus. The scripture says that love is patient and love is kind. The love does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant, nor is it rude. Some of us need that at Costco and grocery stores right now. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things and it believes all things and it hopes all things and it endures all things because above all, since our church was founded in 1982, love never fails. You know, a quick reminder, we often have this singular word, again, like I I love my truck, I love my spouse, and I love my dog, and I love, so we just have this singular word, or I I love my new shoes, or I love my friends. We just have one word, love, love, love. It's just one singular word, and it covers almost everything, but the Greeks didn't. And so the Greeks had eros, which would be romantic love, and they had philea, which would be friendship love. It's where you get the idea of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Uh, Storge, which is this family or relational love. And then there's agape, which is this unconditional love rooted in God. And so when the scripture says that love is patient and kind and all those things, it's really saying that agape is, agape is, agape is, this unconditional love of God, which again is not rooted in circumstance. It is rooted in him who is higher than all circumstance. So 1 Corinthians 13, again, is about this agape, unconditional love of God, which roots in and flows through and comes from God. And from this shepherd's heart, this is what every heart in our city needs right now. Not panic and fear. And we also don't have to be judgmental. Together, we need to root in a different source, the love of God if we are to serve the city with a different substance. We have to root in a different source, which is the love of God. If we're to serve the city with a different substance, the city doesn't need more panic and fear and judgment. It needs us to be rooted in the love of God, ministering in the love of God. It says that agape love is is patient and it's kind. You know, by a show of hands, online, Who here can grow in being patient? Me too. You know, what about expressing kindness to somebody when you're feeling impatient? I don't know about you, but man, this is an area that I can sure grow in, that I need God to continually transform my heart. Because when I'm impatient, when I lack love, I can be not only impatient, I can be irritable. I can be lots of different things. And I want to just pause for a moment and just kind of bring in my first little pastoral moment here. And it's this. The scriptures teach you and I that we are all given different spiritual gifts. And these gifts fire off in different seasons. And there are some of you in the body of Christ who have the gift of faith. And for you, there is no mountain big enough that there's no obstacle that shakes your faith. You have this supernatural gift of faith. Now, all of us have a measure of faith, but you have a gift of faith and it's different. Some of us have a measure of faith, but not the gift of faith, which means again that 
you can look at a mountain and just say, man, it's, it's nothing for God. And we can, by faith, others of us who have a measure of it, we can say it, but our hearts are panicked and fearful. And can we as the church, you know, today, some churches have canceled and, and some churches are still meeting. You know, no one was ever criticized on social media into better behavior. Can we as the church be wise? Yes, but can we stop putting each other down. And the church of Jesus Christ doesn't only need the gift of faith right now. We also need the gift of wisdom. We also need this beautiful gifts of administration on how we maybe do things differently. And so there's going to be a time and season for your gift to be activated, a gift of help. Because as we said off the top of the service, it's really this place of, yeah, we have to listen to every expert, practice social distancing, wash our hands. But as followers of Jesus all through history, we have figured out in times of uncertainty to not only wash our hands, but still wash the feet of those that were called to serve. In my mind, I think about Mother Teresa and others who were ministering to the lepers in Calcutta. And I'm not advocating just throwing all wisdom and caution out the window. No, 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 a thousand times, no. But I am saying that sometimes in some moments, there's ways to minister profoundly to people. You know, when prepping for today, I Googled, which is not a good thing sometimes, but I Googled how to grow in patience. Like, how do you grow in patience? I just Googled it. And so here's the first thing that popped up. So here, if some of you are feeling anxious or irritable, here is what Dr. Google has to say for you today. It says this, if you're struggling with being patient right now, just you're irritable, you're all these things, here's what Google, here's Google's advice. You ready for it? Number one, make yourself wait. If you're an impatient person, then set yourself up to make yourself wait. The best way to practice patience is to make yourself wait. Be mindful of the things that make you impatient. And the last thing it says is relax and take deep breaths. And so there you go. Be blessed today. We'll see you next week. No. How brutal would that be? If that was the sum total of the advice that we just farm out this morning, you know, just take deep breaths. So is it a good idea to take deep breaths? Sure it is. But all kidding aside, aren't you glad that God has more, that the word of God has more for us in times of uncertainty than only relax and take a deep breath? That God's word has more than just be mindful of the things that make you impatient? Aren't you glad that God's word offers me and offers you transformation in moments like this, healing in moments like this, hope in moments like this? Aren't you glad? So to keep moving towards the way of love, Yes, of course, we got to find ways to be wise, sure. But in this time, in this season, that you and I have to move away from living a self-absorbed life. We also have to move away inch by inch and meter by meter and step by step as God leads. We've got to move away, but we've got to be self-aware and wise, but we can't become self-absorbed. We have to move away from living a See, I told you so, lifestyle towards others because that is not the way of love. It's at best, you can be right, but also self-righteous. You know, the scripture lists these other symptoms when you and I tip away from being self-aware and wise to becoming self-absorbed. It says that love does not, and everybody online say does not. So good. Love does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant 
It's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It doesn't insist that everybody has to go through this the way you think they should go through this. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. And as I read this, my own heart sometimes becomes convicted. Saying, God, you've got to continue to change me. I want to be tapped into the love of God. I want to be rooted and abiding in the love of God. I want to be rooted in a different source so that I can give a different substance to the world in which we live. One that is not just rooted in my thoughts, opinions, and beliefs, and perspectives, or gifts. I want it rooted in something that is deeper and better. So five characteristics, or never love characteristics, is we... The scriptures then teach in 1 Corinthians 13 that we're to ruthlessly eliminate arrogance and rudeness and irritability and resentfulness and being selfish. That we're to root these things from our hearts and from our lives. You know, it's wise in this time to look at the data about COVID-19 or the coronavirus. It's wise. But church... It isn't the way of love to hoard, to be uncaring and insensitive. So you may be in a demographic that when you look at the data, you think the percentages are low for you. And so we can be incredibly uncaring and uncaring and insensitive. Even with our words and our language, we can be incredibly self-absorbed. Like, well, I'm going to be fine. But the city's not just about me and it's not just about you. It's about a collective us. And one of the reasons why we've taken this step at Life Center is because, again, we are a church of all generations. We are a church where people come in with healthy immune systems and compromised immune systems. That we are a church, again, that is for anyone and everyone. And one of the ways in which we best love our neighbor is not just, I can do whatever I want. I want want to be wise about that because I'm surrounded by others in community who my decisions affect their lives. In fact, many of us every day can feel lonely and isolated. And the reality is we can feel like we're individuals, kind of like an island all by ourselves. But if this is teaching us as a world anything, it is that we are more interconnected than we possibly can fathom. The scripture says that we are the body of Christ, that what I do affects others. And so again, you, you may be in a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old or even younger to that and you can look at the, st- the statistical data around the coronavirus and you can think, well, thank God my percentage is so low, but what about praying for somebody who has a compromised immune system? What about continuing to pray for someone and acting and think, my actions can affect their lives. Church, we have an opportunity to be salt and light, not just seeing through our generational lens or the lens of our life. We have this opportunity to be salt and light to a world that is desperate need of flavor and light penetrating darkness. You know, I remember September 11th. And as September 11th occurred and the days to follow and then the learning from that event One of the things that happened following September 11th, for those of you who are old enough to remember, you'll remember this. And for those of you who weren't alive, let me bring you up to speed. Some of the advice was given very quickly, which was, you know, start shopping, go out, just begin to spend, just begin to get the economy back on track. 
And I understand a virus is very different from a terrorist attack, I understand. But in an interview one time, I heard President Bush, who's not our president, as Canadians obviously, but I heard him say, the one thing I wish I would have done differently after September 11th is not just to tell people to go spend. I wish I would have told people to serve one another differently. And so we as followers of Jesus, even in the midst of this crisis, yes, with practicing some social distancing, that's how we can best right now serve one another. But we can also send texts and encouraging messages. Don't take for granted how just a moment of a moment text, a call, whatever it happens to be, a FaceTime, that can be a lifeline for somebody. You know, love doesn't say, glad I'm not this age or that age, glad I don't have a pre-existing condition. Love says, how can I best serve those who are anxious? How can I best serve those who may be fearful? How can I best serve um, those who are struggling in this season? Doesn't look like me being judgmental and just saying, where's your faith? It looks like me and it looks like you, not chastising and being arrogant, but love looks like me and it looks like you getting down on our knees and washing feet and not being judgmental and not getting online and being arrogant and not judging churches that closed and not judging churches that stayed open, but trusting that everyone is doing the absolute best they can in the midst of uncertainty. You know, it's one thing to identify characteristics like arrogance or rudeness or irritability or being resentful or being selfish, but it still isn't helpful because how do I change those things? It's not good enough, that's this morning, just to identify, I've got all these things maybe firing off in my life, what do I do? Well, God's word, here's what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love, does not agape, does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God, in this, that God is love. And in this, the love of God was made manifest. It shows up among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And it is in this love, not a made-up love, not a conjuring love, not a personality love, not I'm a surrounded by love love. No, no, no. It is that God loved us so much that he sent his son. It is a different source to give us a different substance. It is in this love, not that we have loved God, but that God has so loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then it says, beloved, if God so loves us or loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if, if in this time and in this season, if we love one another, it says that God abides in us. And his love is perfected. So it's a process. We're not going to be perfect at this. Just like we said off the top, we're going to fall short. His love is perfected in us. But the scripture says, if, everyone say if. If, if we love 
one another. It's a choice that we have to make. But when we choose that, if we love one another, that God abides in us and then his love is being perfected in us. But again, what does the scripture say? The scripture does not say change yourself. The scripture doesn't say look at all the ways that you're failing in love and make a list on how you can get better. No, what the scripture says, in fact, if we just understood what we just read, is what you and I needed was a savior. We couldn't fix ourselves. We couldn't root ourselves in the love of God that we always root in inferior things. But Jesus came so that we no longer have to root only in those things that our identity and that our security is not rooted in circumstance. It is founded on an immovable, unchanging rock who is Christ the Lord. That you and I have an anchor of hope in times of uncertainty. That we are not just tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by every Facebook post or Twitter post. Yes, we need to be wise. But above all, we also need to be loving. In other words, to grow in love, to change, my hope isn't rooted in myself. But as I abide in Jesus... He then teaches me, if I choose to love others, that his love is, again, it's perfected in me. It's not perfect. It is being perfected. We are all growing in this area. And so God is loved. So therefore, what does that look like and what can it look like? Well, as love is patient, guess what? God is patient towards us. As love is kind, God is is kind. As love bears, God bears. As love believes, God believes. And as love hopes, God hopes. And as love endures, I need you to know that God endures. That whether yesterday was your worst day or whether you woke up today okay or filled with anxiety, his mercy was still new this morning, great is his faithfulness. And so as love ultimately celebrates whenever someone receives truth because it sets them free, sets them free, God celebrates. When we as followers of Jesus, when we embrace his truth, which also sets us free. And so today, in this season, we actually had cards made for every single one of you that we were going to give you as a reminder of who God is and how God is moving in your life and what is his heart towards your life. But we can't give them to you by physical card. So we have them now available for download that you can put up somewhere because it just says a reminder that God is. And I want to read what it says because I want to remind you None of us are going to get, do, or get through this and do this perfectly. No individual, no family, no friend group, or no church. But I want to remind us that God is being patient with me for you. That God is being kind right now toward you. That God is bearing things with you. That God is believing the best for you. And that God is hoping that you and I would rest in him. That God endures 
when we fall short. Aren't you glad that we can't exhaust God's patience? Come on. That God is celebrating, though, as his truth sets us free. And so the more we abide in his love, the more he helps us to love others as we move in the way of love. So can you do what Google said? Can you make yourself wait? Sure. Truthfully, I don't think you have much choice right now. If you go to a shopping mall, if you go to a, uh, a grocery store, I should say, I don't think you have much choice. You're going to wait. Could you be mindful of the things that make you impatient? Of course you can. And can you relax and take deep breaths? Sure, that's, that's good advice. But if that's all you do, and if all of your advice, church, is only coming from tips and little things like that, if that's where it's coming from, can I just say that you are splashing in the puddle when God has an ocean-deep level of water available of his love for you to root in, abide in, and allow to get on the inside of you so that it can be poured out through you. You know, the gospel isn't that you and I change ourselves. It is that we surrender and we allow the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts. Our hearts, whether they are full of peace today or anxious, whether they are kind or irritable, whether they are patient or impatient, whether they are trusting or fearful, or lastly, whether they are focused or indifferent. Jesus himself said, abide in me, not in a circumstance, not in an outcome, not only when this too shall pass, and this will pass. Jesus said, no, no, in all things, abide in me. And then he said, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever and that's anyone watching right now, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so you can download a card and put it up as a reminder today and in this season, just of who God is and how God is ministering to you. And as we root and abide in them, in him, in that, in this ocean deep love, then may we be transformed on the inside. May our anxious hearts find rest and peace in him. May our irritable dispositions become calm by his presence. May we be not only a natural people, but may we be a supernatural people with a supernatural God. And when we understand who God is, and from that place, could we pray, would you, Lord, help me to express your love to others, in particular in this season, this love that you freely have given me. Because as the scripture says one more time, that love is patient, 
love is kind. It does not envy or boast. It isn't arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable, nor is it resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. And then because of that, love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. Why? Because God, who is love, never ends or never fails. This has been the foundation of our church for 39 years. He has saw and seen us through countless realities. This one, this one's unprecedented. But after all, God's love is the only love that we need to root our lives in. We need the love of others, yes, yes, yes. But God's love is the source that we need, even in the midst of uncertainty. So in the gap between how and where we love and who God is, may God fill our hearts and our lives with his unchanging and unshakable presence. Because what you need, what I need, what we need, and what our city needs, whether that is Cornwall, Canada, Orleans, Ottawa, Canada, Ontario, the world, what we need is the love of God. Because you know what God's perfect love does, church? It casts out all fear, including the fear that can exist, the uncertainty that can exist with the coronavirus or COVID-19. God's love is still greater. As we set off the top, how we have changed, meeting, we've changed how we've met today and how we're meeting today. This is just the building, but we are still the body of Christ. We're gonna to listen to experts with social distancing. We're gonna be wise. We're gonna wash our hands. And then together as a church, we're gonna still figure out, Lord, how are we called to wash feet? Because God isn't just good, he's amazing. 